we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Dream Architect Life podcast. Uh, with us today, I have an extra special guest, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Feldberg. Jeffrey is the co-founder and CEO of Deep Wealth. After graduating from his MBA program, Jeffrey launched his very first company, Embinet. I hope I said that right. You can correct me here in a minute. As an industry leader, Embinet created a market disruption in higher education, and it went on to capture a nine-figure deal for Jeffrey's liquidity event. So that's a pretty, pretty big deal. For Jeffrey, business owners are dreamers and change makers who put everything on the line and win against all odds. Jeffrey's passion is helping business owners achieve their goals and their dreams. Jeffrey's mission is to help you capture the maximum value in your liquidity event. Through deep wealth experience, you master the same nine step roadmap that Jeffrey created for his nine figure exit. So Jeffrey, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Hey, Brittany. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure and an honor to be here. And yes, you nailed it on Embinet. Easier said than done. And congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you did that. So we're <laughs> off to a great start. Well, pronouncing things correctly is a great win, a great way to start the podcast. So Jeffrey, I would love for you to tell, obviously we got a little bit of a peek behind the curtain at, at who you are and what you've done, but just share a little bit more of your journey, kind of what brought you along that path? What got you to where you are now? For sure. And, you know, for starters, I want to take away any illusions right now that Jeffrey just woke up one day and started this company and had a nine-figure liquidity event. I got to tell you, Brittany, if I had a dollar for every mistake that I made, I could have done, you know, probably better than the nine-figure liquidity event much earlier on in, uh, in in my journey. It was it was filled with with, you know, many missteps along the way, but learning from the missteps. And, you know, really, uh, you asked a great question because people are saying, well, hey, Jeffrey, come on, are you for real? You had this nine-figure liquidity event, and now you're putting yourself back out there. What's going on? And really, with my own journey, I guess ignorance when it comes to the liquidity event is not bliss, that's for sure. But in my case, ignorance was bliss because I, I had no idea what I was really up against. And, and had I known, who knows where that would have gone. But what ended up happening was uh, just because I so focused on the outcome and I want to do well and I had said no to a seven-figure offer, now I had something to prove to make sure that I did say the right thing and make the right, right decision. Uh, what I learned along the way really shocked me to the core because I, I learned that 90% of liquidity events will fail. And I, I want you to think 
just for a moment, all that time, that effort, that money, really for naught. You would have been better off as I, I jokingly, but not jokingly say, you know, go to a casino. You'll have more fun. You'll be put into your misery a whole lot quicker. And of the quote-unquote successful liquidity events, most business owners are leaving 50% to over 100% of the deal value in the buyer's pocket. And so when I had my liquidity event, I was very empathetic to all the business owners and founders, entrepreneurs who reached out and said, hey, Jeffrey, saw or heard what you did. I'd like to do something similar. Can you help me? And initially, my first instinct, Brittany, was, okay, here's a book. Here's a seminar. Here's a company. Here's a program. Go to it. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I didn't find it. And I said, oh my goodness, here's just another situation where business owners are being taken advantage of. And so I, I turned that frustration into something positive and I said, okay, if it's not out there, I'll be the one to create it and, and put that forward with my business partner, Steve Wells from our Embanet days. And, and so that's, that's what we did. And we put together our nine step roadmap, the default experience, didn't have all these fancy terms at the time. But today, big picture wise, what really gets me out of bed is changing the social fabric of society, one liquidity event at a time. And Brittany, you know all about that, of what we can do with wealth once we have that. And that's really where my journey ends and yours begins of making that difference for business owners. But that's really what the focus is, that when a business owner can have a successful liquidity event and they're wealthier than they otherwise would be, that's where the fun begins and the magic happens. I have to comment, Jeffrey, that one of the things that I admire so much about you and so much about the, the driven entrepreneur is that you're taking a moment of, call it pain, uncertainty, anxiety in your own life, and you've turned it into opportunity and possibility for so many other people, which I think is such a give back and such a, honestly, I don't know how else to say this, but like, it's a blessing for other people so that they don't make some of the same mistakes so that they have the courage to say no to a potential seven figure deal in order to maximize and truly get the best value for what they've worked so hard for. So one of the things that was mentioned in your bio, and it kind of brings us full circle is that you know, you want to help business owners to achieve their goals and their dreams. So I would love for you to share what does dreaming big mean to you and how has that changed over the years? Great question, you know, and, and to set the context of this, because again, I don't want any illusions out there that Jeffrey just woke up and things just happened and look at that. It, in fact, it was the opposite. So picture this, you know, I am a 25 year old kid graduated from my MBA program. I, I had no business experience. I had no money, had no team. I was living out of my parents' attic. Typical entrepreneurial story. And, you know, really just my inexperience and, and I guess my ignorance as well, going back to that, I, I just, I, I was fueled because the more people told me, and there was lots of people, they were lined up around the corner, Jeffrey, you can't do that. Jeffrey, that's not possible. Jeffrey, why would you even think about doing that? It's never been done before. And who are you to think that you can do it now. If it, if it was really that accessible, if it was that easy, someone else would have done it by now. And there's a reason why no one's done that. And so the more I heard that, the more that fueled me that said, you know what? Uh, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't feel that I'm going to really find a way where people say there isn't a way. And I, I'm just going to do that. And I, I was fortunate back then because I had been kicked in the stomach enough in the early days in, in business that I, I realized, you know, every single one of us is born with a superpower, mm. but it's a big one. There's a catch. We're not told what that is. 
And so our mission in life is to find that superpower, not only find what that superpower is, but then once you find it, it's, I, I feel, our responsibility to take that to the world. And so I knew, even amidst my failure, I mean, in the early days of Embinet, it was failure every single day. That was my new best friend, otherwise known as failure, and getting no all of the time. This is back when we still had phone calls and not all the emails that we have today of people saying, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. This uh, Embinet thing sounds crazy. But I knew that my really my superpower was at the intersection of, number one, helping people number two, education, and number three, technology. And Embinet, I literally wrote the check to do what I was doing because you know the business lost money in, in the first uh, number of years, the first two, three years, it was losing money and it was being bootstrapped and so easier said than done. But for me, it was okay, I, I just went with what I felt. I quieted down the noise of what people were saying could or couldn't be done. I just said, okay, Jeffrey, what feels right for you? Does this feel good? Yes, it does, okay, keep on going. Does this not feel good? Yeah, you know what? It doesn't feel so good. Stop. Stop what you're doing and retreat and figure out what does feel good and go back. And I know for the listeners out there, particularly the ones that are a little bit more quantitative, you're saying, hey, Jeffrey, come on. This is all woo-woo stuff. Feel good, not feel good. And, and you're telling me that led to a, a nine-figure liquidity event when all is said and done? Well, yeah, it, <laughs> it did. And you know, today, uh, for all the quantitative folks out there, Science is now showing and proving that what some people call a gut feel or, you know, I, I kind of feel it in my bones or whatever you want to call it, the universe. Uh, it's showing that within us, uh, our, our, our gut, uh, we have really uh, a lot of sensors there and, and just a, a lot of uh, just the ability to know what's right, what's not right. But social programming tells us otherwise. So for me, I was very fortunate. I was just in an environment where I could follow my intuition. I mean, you know, I had dug a hole. It was up to me to either, uh, you know, hang myself or climb out of that hole and, and left to my own devices. I was fortunate just to be able to follow my intuition and, and get me there. Lots of mistakes, but lots of learning lessons as well. You know, I, I think it's such a humble story and just your journey and that path and that constant push forward is so admirable. You said something there that I want to pull out. And it was that, you know, you had people literally lined up around the block telling you all the reasons why your crazy idea just wouldn't work. And I think that your ability to kind of move past that and say, okay, I take that as a challenge. Like I'm very much wired that way also, Jeffrey, where it's like somebody says, you know, oh, that's crazy. That's silly. You can't do that. I'm like, watch me. <laughs> but I don't think everybody's wired that way. So what are some of the things that you personally do to, you know, maybe overcome any negativity that might run through your mind or any of those maybe negative thoughts that you might have about yourself or that self-doubt or even imposter syndrome? You know, what are things that you do to quickly move out of that state of mind or completely avoid it? Absolutely. And what I'm going to share it may seem simple, but don't confuse simple with simplicity. Mm. And the other thing with what I'm going to share, you know, even today I, I woke up and I felt imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness, Brittany's going to be interviewing me. Who am I? And what do I have to say that's going to be so important for people? So even to this day with everything that, that's gone on, I, I feel that's a normal feeling for people. Mm -hmm. But what I've done and, and what I've learned over the years, so firstly, in getting to know myself, what I realized is I'm not necessarily the best person, or I'll take away not necessarily. I am not the best person just to do things on my own. 
And for some people, that may seem like a weakness. But for me, okay, I'm going to be open about that. And I was very fortunate. You know, in the early days of Embanet, I had Waleska, who would go on to become my wife. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, she saw me struggling and said, hey, Jeffrey, you know what? I'm going to put off law school. Let me do the next six months. I'll help you with the Embanet. I have some experience in sales that you don't have. And six months turned into forever. But I, I and then later on when I met Steve Wells, and, you know, he was really strong on the marketing side. So I, I've been very blessed in surrounding myself with people who compliment me, who where I am falling down, they're the pillar that pulls me back up and, and has me in a position of strength. So the people that you surround yourself with, at least in my case, was instrumental. And I, I don't believe that anyone is an island unto him or herself. It really takes a whole team, a whole network, and I'm very grateful to all those people along the way who helped and the, the next thing that I did was some of my best friends and my mentors, if you will, would be people like Bill Gates or Richard Branson or Aristotle and Marcus Aurelius. And you're saying, well, wait a minute, Jeffrey, really? You're, you, you met with those people? You spent time with those people? Well, no, not in person, but through autobiographies and books. I read a lot of books. And to distill 50 years of knowledge or, or more in a few hours, I mean, what a gift. What a gift that is to be able to do that. And then just to round things out, the third thing that I did and continue to do is journal. And, you know, some of my worst fears are, you know, in the journal, I'm really feeling terrible about this and just working that out in the journal. Okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And you write it out and, oh, okay, well, that's really not so bad. I, I, can, I can get through this. I, I can do this. And, you know, as I, I talk about this, I'm reminded about Abraham Lincoln, just a terrific leader who would write the nastiest of letters to his so-called enemies or people he didn't like at the time, would never send those letters, but it got it out of his system so he can go on and befriend those people and just do wonderful things. So it's really a combination of, of all those things. And again, not to make it sound like it, it was that easy. It Oftentimes it, it isn't, but when you have strategies and you have tools, it can make it easier to get through those challenging times. Mm. You know, and I, I love that you touched on the whole thing of fear too, because I think that's a lot of times a limitation. And you know, let's just say you're listening to this and you're a business owner who is thinking very seriously about selling your business, or you know, maybe it's a through a multi-generational sale, or it's externally, and you're looking at other third parties, and it can be very overwhelming to the point where people just don't take action at all. And then they end up potentially in a really negative space or major missed opportunity by letting fear kind of overcome or even self self-doubt. So Jeffrey, I'd love to know, I mean, you've had the ability to work with uh, many, many great people over the years and see many business owners go through this process. I'd love for you to touch on like outside of the very obvious benefit of going from say a seven figure to a nine figure liquidity event. But just what are some of the things that you're seeing, you know, when people actually realize the true value that they've created, they realize what they've built. How, how have you seen that impact people? Like to give me a story, give me something there. I would just bet there's some, some really great, great things that you've been witness to. It's uh, amazing. You know, let me put a rhetorical question out there and there really is no answer to this, but it's a great question just to bring some awareness and then I'll, I'll go on to answer the question. And the question is this how can you master something that you've never done before? And of course, the question is on your own, you can't. 
But when you surround yourself with the right team and people that have been down that path, of course you can. And you not only can, you can go on and achieve and even exceed what your, your goals and dreams are. So really, and I, I'm really no different with this, that one of the fatal mistakes that I initially made was believing the skills that help me build the business are the same skills to sell it. And they're really not. And unfortunately, so many business owners go down that path. Well, listen, I'm smart. I'm a great negotiator. I'm a terrific marketer. I'm terrific in operations. You know, you fill in the blank. If I can do this, then I can do that. And the short answer is maybe given many, many years and many, many tries, you can do that. And you probably could. But when it comes to a liquidity event, you have one chance. And if you only have one chance, you really want to make that count. You don't want to gamble with your future of your lifetime of creating this business that you love with your blood, your sweating, your tears, as the proverbial saying goes. You really want to make it count right out of the gates. And so what's been rewarding for me day in, day out, to get back to your question, Brittany, is when I can sit down with a business owner who is so busy, focused day-to-day of just getting things done and just everything is urgent and yeah, I'll do the important stuff a little bit later. And when I actually roll out the nine-step roadmap for them, it's like putting on a set of special glasses for them that it uncloaks all these things that were always there in the business, these incredible, powerful things that are in the business, but they never saw before. And they wake up invigorated and re-energized. Oh my goodness. You know, I didn't realize, I call them Rembrandts. I didn't realize my business had this Rembrandt or can you believe it? My business had this skeleton, this hidden skeleton in the closet that's been hampering me. And what's been interesting, Brittany, is when people go through the nine step roadmap, and this is the same roadmap I created for Embinet, what you had alluded to earlier. Some of the business owners are saying, you know what, Jeffrey, I don't want to have a liquidity event. I have so much fun in my business now. My profits have skyrocketed. I'm just going to keep on doing this for the next while, and I'm prepared now. That's a difference. And when the time is right, I'll go down that path, but I'm going to keep on going. Whereas a short while back, it was, hey, I want to get out of this business yesterday. Can you make that happen? And so it really is knowledge is power. There's a but in a positive way, but it's only power if you know what to ask and what to do. Hey, Brittany here, letting you know that our newest book, Dream Architecture, is available for you on Amazon.com. It hit the Amazon bestsellers list within the first 24 hours of launch. Be sure to hop on over and grab your copy of Dream Architecture today. So you you just got my head reeling right now because I think you brought up such a great point that and I think this can be applied to situations even outside of, of immediately what we're talking about here. You know, when you talk about somebody coming through, you know, a business owner coming through your nine step process and getting to the end of it and saying, wait a second, I don't even want to sell. Like, I love what I'm doing. Maybe I just need to have a couple more who's right. A couple more butts and seeds to take over some of the stuff that, that I don't want to do, or that maybe is bogging me down or that drove me to even think about selling in the first place. You know, I think it kind of goes back to, it's almost like a rediscovery of value alignment and making new decisions around what's really important to you and what maybe doesn't matter so much anymore. So Jeffrey, I'd love to know, you know, what is your commentary around, you know, maybe consistent value realignment or, you know, what are some things that you personally did to really lay the foundation of your values when you made the decision to sell? 
Absolutely. And you know what, I'm going to put this out there. And again, I, I want to remove any kind of aspirations or illusions. Jeffrey's just so smart and he got it all right. <laughs> you know, some of the biggest mistakes that I made came after my liquidity event, believe it or not, in business wow. of, of all things. And so let's start with social programming because, you know, social programming, particularly today with social media and how easy it is just to get messages out there. And we don't always know who's behind that message and what the agenda really is. And it's not an agenda that's to our benefit. Social programming today tells us, hey, you're not special. You're just like everybody else. And by the way, here's a picture of what you should be. You know, you should be wearing these clothes, driving this car, living this neighborhood, living your life in, in this way. And it's very consumer oriented that it can give us imposter syndrome and who am I? And I'm just like everybody else. And, you know, we're seeing a picture that was probably taken out of two or 3000 pictures. They picked that one little microsecond in time where things just happen to look terrific and now have us believe that that's really just the, the way to go. And so looking back really from my failures, not my successes, because I, I wish it were the other way around at times, but I, at least for me, I tend to learn more from my failures than my successes. Mm -hmm. You know, what I've learned over the years is, again, when you have the right team, it, it is John Maxwell that said this. I, I wish it was me that said it, but it wasn't. When the team works, the dream works. And as an example, Brittany, with what you're doing with you and your team, it took me many, many, many years to learn that, hey, Jeffrey, you're a terrible money manager. You know, you're great with your business, but you're a terrible money manager. Don't do it. Don't try and, and uh, think that you can do it. It's not your strength. Find somebody like Brittany and team to go out there and, and do that. And, you know, it's hard for people. We don't like doing a self-assessment coming up on the short end of the stick and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not really great in these areas, but that's the best thing that we can do because when you know what you're not strong at, my personal philosophy is I'm not going to focus on my weaknesses. I'm going to focus on my strengths. I'm going to focus on my strengths of how I can make them better. I'm not going to focus on my weaknesses of how I can go from, you know, maybe a D or an E to maybe a, a C minus and uh, maybe things will be better. They, they won't be. I'm going to focus on, hey, you know, I'm an A minus. How can I go to an A plus in this area and then find people who are just smarter than me and better than me in those areas and run with that. And that's been for me one of the biggest lessons that I have. And, and for the listeners out there, what I would share is stop right now. So coming out of this episode, stop. And before you go back to your emails, your voicemails, your meetings, whatever it is that you're doing, take a good old fashioned piece of paper, or you want to do it electronically, do it. Write down the five people in your life that you are spending the most time with. And then what I'd like you to do is find other people that you trust, that not the five people that you wrote down. Find other people that you trust who know those people and ask them very candidly, do you think these people are good people? Do they have integrity? Are they honest? Do you think they're a good influence on me? And maybe the answer is yes, maybe the answer is no. But listen to what you're being told by other people that you trust who also know those people. Because again, I didn't say this, but it's a terrific quote. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you're spending time with people who walk on water, guess what? You're going to walk on water at one point in time. If you're spending time with people who are the opposite of that, well, guess what? Birds of a feather flock together. There's a reason that that saying has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And so for me, one of the biggest lessons that I'm still learning today, the company that you keep is everything. 
Mm. You know, Jeffrey, I could, I, <laughs> it's almost like you've been a fly on the wall here with some of these conversations because Brian and I have talked a ton and a lot on this podcast, honestly, about how much the people you surround yourself with truly impact and influence your life. Now, the creative spin that you put on it was going and asking other people what they think about the people that you're spending your time with. And I never thought about that kind of bird's eye view perspective and really doing that kind of self gut check on, am I living into who I want to be? Am I surrounding myself with who I want to be? And what does that look like for me and for my future? So I love that you took it that extra step. That's something that we talk about all the time. And it's so massively important. And I think about this too. Like if, if you think about this, like, again, if you are, you're a business owner listening to this, whether you're ready to sell or not, if you think about the aspirations that you have for your business, maybe for your future, for your family, for your legacy, you want to surround yourself with people who have either like Jeffrey has sold a business and done it in a really productive, great way, who has learned the hard way, but is also a giver and willing to help people not make similar mistakes to what he's encountered. If you're looking for growth, making sure that you're around other business owners, people who have actually done what it is that you want to accomplish so that you're not reinventing the wheel, so that you're not, you know, kind of getting stuck in the rut of, you know, I think about this and I'll use this as an example. And Jeffrey, I'm sure you can comment on this or, you know, even speak from some experience maybe is, you know, if you have, let's just say a group of like-minded business owners, and you've got say five people in a room having a conversation around growth and productivity and teams and whatever, and you've got say two out of the five that are like, eh, I'm complacent, you know, it's fine. I don't really need to focus on a bunch. It's amazing at how quick you can kind of slip into that complacency also. So I don't know if you've seen that in any of your interactions, but I know we definitely have. Oh, you know what? Not only have I seen it, that's been me. <laughs> you yeah. know, again, by not having the right company where before you know it, you become a mirror of those negative influences. I, I mean, it's I'm using, uh, again, all these uh, colloquialisms or, or these expressions, but you're only going to be as strong as the weakest link in the mm. people that you surround yourself with. And to simplify things a little bit, if I was saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to become just a terrific tennis player. Okay, I have a choice. I could, do I go, to, do I pick anyone off the street who doesn't even know how to play tennis and say, hey, let's play tennis together? Or do I find someone who is a terrific tennis player once they've won all kinds of awards and tournaments and everything else, and I start learning from them? And that's really not just in business, but in life as well, really where we want to be. Can we find people who've already been down that path? It doesn't mean they're smarter or better than us. It just means that they've been on that path longer than, than we've been, and they have that experience that we can learn from to accelerate our process. And, you know, when all is said and done, Brittany, for me, whether it's business, whether it's personal or something in between, it really all comes down to this. How do we collectively and individually, how do we optimize our life for happiness? And again, it, it sounds like such a simple question, and, and not to confuse that simple with simplicity. And again, with the social program, oh, Jeffrey, you're selfish. You're selfish. If you just want to be happy and at the expense of everyone else, you're really selfish. Actually, it's the opposite. If each of us is happy, if we're taking care of ourselves, we're putting ourselves first, then we're going to be in a better position 
to look after all the other people in our life, whether it be on the family side or the personal side or on the business side. When we're happy, everything else is that much better. And the people around us, they feel it, they see it. And we can be that much more of a positive change maker for the people in our lives when we optimize our life for happiness. I I love what you're saying there. And it made me immediately think about the airplane analogy where, you know, you're on a plane and they're doing the demonstration of what happens if the worst happens and how you need to put your oxygen mask on first. And then that allows you to help others around you because you're pretty worthless if you're passed out. (laughs) And I think that's along the lines of what you're talking about here is that it's not selfish to search for true happiness. It's not, you know, selfish to maximize your value, not just in a business sale, but across the board of what you bring to the table. So your example, and I know this is a Dan Sullivan, founder of strategic coach. It's like a Danism about how it's, it's really not a great use of time to work on strengthening your weaknesses, but rather strengthening your strengths. And I think that's where the foundation of happiness and excitement and energy for the future and the people that make the decision, like I'm having fun in my business still, you know, a lot of that comes from them leaning into their strengths and then delegating all their weaknesses to people who love the stuff that they're not great at. So it's a great cycle. And I think it creates so much opportunity. So I want to pivot a little bit here and and ask kind of a twofold question. I want to know what you are really excited about going into the future, kind of what your next level growth is. And then hand in hand in that, you know, what is one of your big aspirations? You're kind of call it a bucket list item, call it, you know, something you've always wanted to accomplish. So that kind of twofold. Great questions, Brittany. You're asking all terrific questions today. <laughs> my, my wheels are spinning as I stall a little bit here as I'm thinking about what, what to say. But, you know, it, it's uh, as I think about it, it's really one in the same. And it all is really going back to what I said earlier about deep wealth. So a a little bit of my own personal observation, I I feel really for the past while now, far too long, uh, entrepreneurialism, because for me, an entrepreneur and everyone listening to this podcast and Brittany yourself, you know, all of us were entrepreneurs. And for me, an entrepreneur, we are a community of people that, like you said in, in the introduction, we literally make the world go round. We find painful problems and we solve them. But in the past while, we've had greed come into that. And we have a, you know, a few generations now of entrepreneurs who have really grown up with this notion, you know what, I don't need to create a real company. I don't even have to have customers or profits. I just come up with this idea, an online something or other, and I will sell it for a gazillion dollars and retire rich. That's not what being an entrepreneur is all about. And so really for me at Deep Wealth, it's putting the fun back into the business and it's putting the certainty back into the business where a business owner says, okay, when it's time for me to move on to the next chapter, whatever that chapter is, whenever that chapter is going to be, but I'm no longer going to be in the business, I have that certainty that I'm going to capture not just any deal, that I'm going to capture the best deal. And how that ties into my bucket list is we know people going through our nine-step roadmap, the deep wealth experience, to be blunt, they will become wealthier than they would otherwise. And we can't force anybody to do this, but it's in the ethos of who we are and what we do at Deep Wealth when we can say, hey, Brittany, 
when you have your liquidity event and you've done the whole nine-step roadmap and you're that much smarter and better because of that and you've taken care of yourself and your family and your loved ones financially, you will never worry another day about finances in your life. You're financially independent. You have your financial freedom. You can't spend all that money. Why not take an allocation of that? And perhaps it's finding a social cause that isn't getting the time of day, but it should, or a charity, or maybe even set up a foundation. And in a very real way, that's how we're changing the social fabric of society, one liquidity event at a time. And then let me go around, that's on the business side, let me go to the, the personal side for just a minute. And it's interesting, my family asked me that question, hey, daddy, my, my two beautiful daughters, what's your bucket list? And I said, you know what, guys, it, it's going to sound maybe a little bit odd to you, but my bucket list really is just having quality family time as a family. Mm -hmm. We could be at home. We could be halfway around the world. To me, it doesn't really matter. I don't need to have, you know, some kind of fancy place or uh, some, uh, you know, exotic trip or anything else. As long as we're spending time together as a family and just enjoying that, I'm really happy because for me, optimizing my life for happiness that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be doing. And they said, Daddy, it's a boring answer. I said, yeah, I know it's a boring answer, but at least for me, you know, that that's what really moves the dial. And it'll be different for everyone. But that's my North Star in terms of optimizing my life for happiness and keeping things as simple as I can. I love that answer. And, you know, I think so many of our listeners are going to truly resonate with what you just said, because you know, when you get to a point, especially as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you know that you have a lot of opportunities to, to travel or to have really cool experiences. But we hear time and time again from very successful people that they want exactly what you just said. They're like, you know what I want? I want my home to be a gathering place for my kids and my future grandkids to come. And I want extended family to feel warm and welcome here. And I want the friends who are family to feel like this is a place that we can congregate and be together and celebrate and, and be excited and, and share, you know, the highs, the lows, the everything. So I love that answer. And I think that's such a, a pure one. And it's one that I think more people often than not truly crave. So Jeffrey, you have added, like, I can't even, I can't even put into words how much value you've added here. So if somebody wants to have a conversation about your nine-step process, about deep wealth, or even just talk entrepreneur to entrepreneur, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. You know what the quickest and easiest way is email me. It's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y at deepwealth.com, D-E-E-P-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. So Jeffrey at deepwealth.com comes directly to me and I promise you I'll get right back to you. And if I can add value, if I can be of help, absolutely. And if I'm not the one to do that, I will do my best to point you in the right direction. Awesome. And I will tell you, listening to this, what you see and hear right now with Jeffrey is exactly what you will get on that one-on-one -on -one interaction too. So that's what we really enjoy about you, Jeffrey. In the brief time we've known each other, we just feel like there's such a genuine nature and genuine soul there that truly wants to help people. So before I wrap up, I have one more question. What haven't I asked you that I should have? Great question. And you know what, uh, as I think about it, really, it's, I, I'd say it, it would be more of an observation than, than a question. And it would be a, a takeaway. So earlier, as we were talking, I said, hey, stop what you're doing and write down the list of five names that you're spending the most time with. But the, the second thing that I would, uh, you know, have people do, because I, I don't think we I hear this enough, and that is believe in yourself. You can do it. 
believe it or not, you can do it. No matter how crazy it looks or can't be done or how painful it is, find that good place inside of you and know and believe in yourself that, yeah, I can do it. It's going to work out. Life is happening for me, not to me. And that's what I would put out there. I love it. Thank you, Jeffrey, for sharing your insight and your brilliance today. You added so much value. Well, thank you, Brittany. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And thank you so much for your time today. Awesome. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the Dream Architect Life podcast. Be sure to subscribe via the button below. Give us a like, especially if you liked what you heard today, because there was tons of value jam-packed in there. And be sure to subscribe so that you can catch the next episode. We'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 